Good morning, Westlight. Um, my name is Lori, and I'm one of the pastors here, and um, thank you for coming. Um, let me open a, up in a word of prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for, um, just for your love for us, that you desire so much for us and have so many good things for us. And so we just, yeah, we just thank you. We're so thankful. We're thankful for being with you here this morning. And I pray that you would just, you've set this morning up, you've prepared everything, and so I just pray this would just be just a celebration of, of who you are and what you've done. And I pray that you would just help me to get out of the way, and just, Lord, just speak your words, and may you just shine this morning. In your sense, and we pray, amen. So we are in the middle of our Amen series, our conversation about prayer. And last week, if you were here, Pastor Stan did a Q&R. And you guys, thank you so much for your great questions. We couldn't, he couldn't get to them all. And so, but he did answer them all. So if you get the e-bulletin, you can download the answers to them. Yeah, the answers, his answers. Um, if you don't get the e-bulletin on your app, on your phone, or mailed to you, you can go on our website, www.westlight.org, and go to the events page this week, and you can download them there. Um, but we've been talking about how prayer is communion with God. And for the next two weeks, um, since Kat is on vacation, I get to speak. And so we're going to talk, we're going to expand the conversation about how communion is with God and is with one another. And so today so we're going to talk about how um, we can pray for others. And then next week we're going to talk about receiving prayer. And so prayer, as we've been talking about, is very complex, right? There are thousands, I was going to say millions, but that might be exaggerating, but there might be millions of books about prayer, right? It's so big. And, and also, like, you know, so we have that. There's, like, so much information. It's so big. It makes it so complex. But then also prayer is complex because in prayer, you know, prayer holds our fears and our disappointments and our hopes and our dreams and that's all part of it and then you know maybe some of us who've been in the church a while we know that that prayer also holds you know it has its own baggage right that that prayer has been used as a tool for spiritual abuse and so we kind of have that and and so if we try to like think about prayer and we try to like you know get information and figure things out because sometimes prayer seems to work and sometimes, you know, our prayers aren't answered. And so we try to, like, approach it like calculus, which for me is very hard. <laughs> Maybe for you, not so hard. But for me, it's like, what? You know, but I know that even though I don't understand calculus, I know that it could be logically figured out, that there's a logical solution and, and that there, there is an answer and that we can explain it, you know? And so we approach, we approach calculus, you know, we approach prayer like calculus, and I don't even know what I'm talking about, but there are variables in calculus. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> am I talking about algebra? Anyway. There are variables, right? And so we think, well, why did this prayer get answered? You know, maybe it's because, you know, pastors, cuts, prayed for me. And so that's one of the variables. So always get Pastor Cuts to pray. Or, you know, maybe it's, you know, oh, uh, maybe it's their context. You know, maybe people in third world countries, their prayer gets answered more, you know. And so we're going to go to like the, we got to go to Africa with Pastor Cuts. So our prayer will work. Or, you know, maybe sometimes it's faith. And we think, oh, if we have enough faith, then God will answer our prayers. You know, and so we got to be people of faith and we got to pray. We got to spend hours of praying and asking God to take, you know, and, and it's like, you know, all of that stuff. It's like if we just have the variables in the right 
variable. <laughs> and if we, you know, it's just we try to figure it out. But we know from Scripture that, you know, in God's story, there are people whose prayers were answered and they didn't have a whole lot of faith. They didn't even know that they were being prayed for. And so faith is really irrelevant. But we find that with prayer for, another, for other people, that opens us up to the possibility of judgment, mostly judgment about ourselves, right? Like I've prayed for people and they didn't. And I tend to take over responsibility, responsibility for everything. But sometimes I think, oh, my gosh, that prayer wasn't answered. Maybe I don't have enough faith or maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe they should ask Pastor Katz to pray for them, right? And so we just we judge ourselves. And especially when we pray for other people, we open up ourselves to the possibility of, of them judging us, right? So we'll be praying for them. And somewhat, you know, we'll be like, yes, I'll pray for you. And it's like, we're like, oh, my gosh, can I do this? And so then, you know, they come and they sit next to us and we're in their presence. And we're like, okay, I guess. I'm going to pray for you. And then all of a sudden you're like, um, I don't want to say the wrong things. I don't want to say anything that's hurtful. And I definitely don't want to say anything that, that's dumb because then they're going to think I'm dumb. But then I want to be spiritual. But then I don't want to be too spiritual like the Pharisees who are babbling and using these big words. And then it just gets really complicated, right? And so it's like, ah, it's so hard. And I don't know if you're like me. I think all of us do this. I'm pretty sure all of us do this. But, like, we'll be praying for someone, and the words will be coming out of our mouth, and we're like, Lord Jesus, blah, blah, blah. But inside, we have this internal dialogue, right? Where we're like, Jesus, please. But inside, we're like, oh, you're doing it wrong, <laughs> right? And then we're like, Lord, blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, oh, why did you volunteer to pray, <laughs> you know? And then we just pray. And then inside, you're like, oh, prayer is definitely not my gift, you know? And it's just all this stuff is going on. And so if you hear those voices in your head, like me, thank you. I got raised. I got raised hand that you're not alone, that I think we all do that. We all have a tendency to kind of judge ourselves. We have that critical voice. We get nervous. We get anxious. And we, we you know, it's overwhelming. It's complex. And, and so we try to, you know, prayer is not like calculus, right? We can't approach it logically. We can't try to figure it out and pin things down. Yes, there are principles. There are guidelines that we follow, but it's a mystery, it is a mystery. Why? Because God is so big and his ways are so beyond and above what we can understand. And, and there's nobody prays perfect. There are people definitely who are gifted in this area that just seem like, oh, man, they hear from God. Their prayers touch my heart. But you know what? Even they have spent time learning and practicing. They put in their 10,000 hours just like everything else that they do. And so prayer is complex, it's hard, and nobody, nobody prays perfectly. Even like the people who teach about prayer, they don't pray perfectly. There's only one person who does, and we're going to look at his prayer in John 17. Like that segue? Okay, let's, let's look at John 17. Um, we join in, you know, John the Apostle must be eavesdropping on what Jesus is praying because somehow he knows what Jesus is saying. And in this context, you know, Jesus' ministry is almost done. He's at the end of the, you know, he's almost at the finish line. And we find that he is celebrating with, with God. Like those, the, the triune God is just celebrating. Like, like they're just like, whoa, look what we did, what we started, you know. And so we're going to look at that what is on his heart as he celebrates and we'll find that we are on Jesus's heart so let's look at John 17 20 through 26 now be, this is like kind of confusing so I'm gonna try to read it slow and follow along okay 
my prayer is not for them alone. And so earlier in the prayer, he's praying for the disciples, okay? I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So he's talking about us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me, even as you, Lord, I did that in practice. <laughs> then the world will know that you, where am I? The world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you have loved me before the creation of the world. And if you're confused, like me, it's okay because verse 26 sums up Jesus' prayer. He says, Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and you will continue and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. And so Jesus is celebrating with God the reality that love came down, that Jesus came, and the world knows Jesus. And as a result, the world knows God. And so they're celebrating. And Jesus, you know, they're celebrating that Jesus is the bridge, right? That he is the one who connected, who, who connected the world to their father, to his father. And over and over again, Jesus speaks of the relationship that he has with God, that I and them and you and me. And, then, and he's talking about them being one. And so what does that mean? It's kind of like that they have this extraordinary, close, loving, and trusting relationship. The triune God has an extraordinary, close, loving, and trusting relationship. And Jesus came down to invite as an invitation for us to join in that extraordinary, close, loving, and trusting relationship. And in Jesus' prayer, we see his heart for us. And, and when he talks about complete unity, he's not talking about like, all right, let's all hold hands and let's sing Kumbaya. And, you know, people will see that we're, un, you know, you're unified. And we may not really be unified, but we're going to look like you're unified because we want them to see Jesus. You know, it's not anything like that. And when we look at the Greek, the complete unity that he's talking about is our trajectory. It's what we call heaven on earth. It's the way that's bringing back of our broken world back to all of creation, the way it was designed to be. It's the, the you know, the, uh, the restoration, the redemption of our broken world back to the way that God created it to be, like what we always talk about Genesis, the way that God designed it to be, where um, the triune God, right, they have their extraordinary close 
and loving and trusting relationship and how they have, you know, Adam and Eve and they wanted Adam and Eve and all of humanity to join in that relationship. And they also wanted Adam and Eve to experience that extraordinary close and loving and trusting relationship. And so what does that life look like? Why, you know, what is, what is our life created? What was it designed to be? And it was a life where we are seen, known, and loved, where we don't have to hide, where we don't have to be ashamed, where we can trust others, where we don't have to be suspicious or scared, a life where we would know in our hearts that we are wanted and valued for who we really are, not for our performance and not for our achievements. It's a life where we know that our presence matters and we don't have to worry about being a problem or a burden to others. It's a life where we feel safe and secure and we know without a doubt that we're going to be taken care of. That we don't have to worry about or fear being abandoned or being alone. The life that Jesus desires for us is a life where we are known deeply and loved by him, where we understand that we are his beloved, that we are his sons and his daughters, and that we, he loves us no matter what. And that this is the healing and active redeeming of, of the work of our triune God. That this is the complete unity that he's talking about. And we get to participate in that active work of redemption. And one way is through praying for one another. When Jesus prays, he loves the people he is praying for. And he loves the people that he's praying for in this case, it's us, by bringing them, by bringing us into God's presence in prayer. That's how he loves. He brings us into God's presence in prayer. And Jesus also loves God by depending on him and trusting in him, by trusting him with us. Like he brings us, and he's like in his prayer, right? I'm going to go, but I'm going to trust you, God. You are going to carry on this movement. You, This movement you started, I'm going, I'm celebrating, I'm going to be dancing, but I trust you with this world. I trust you with these people that I've come to live with, that I've come to know and love. You see, Jesus was the bridge that connected us to, to God, and now we, we have been called. Jesus has asked us to, to, to follow his footsteps, that, that we can be the bridge that connects um, our world with God. That like Jesus, we are the bridge, and we are the one that, you know, because, as, just like as Jesus said in the verse, that as we have been loved, that love that we experience from God, it leads us to love and to care for others and to pray for them. And so we love the people, the person that we're bringing to prayer by bringing them to Jesus. We love Jesus by um, depending on trusting him with the people that we prayed for. And so we've been given this, this, this task, this job, this vocation, but, you know, we're still going to be worried, right? We're still going to, like, wonder, okay, are we saying the right words? We want it to be perfect. We're still going to fear judgment. And honestly, we're probably still going to say something dumb. But when we feel anxious or when we feel like, oh, we can't do this, or maybe we're on the other extreme, we're like, oh, we do this, and I'm just going to pray because this is what I do, you know, and we have no love. It's just like a job to us. And anywhere in between that spectrum, we need to go back to our relationship with God. 
we need to, like, it always starts with him. Like, it, prayer for others always starts in our prayer life, in our communion, in our, in our close, loving, and trusting relationship with Jesus. And so there might be times when you're like, oh, you know, I got to pray or, you know, da, 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 and then you're like, ah, you know, then you just practice presence with God and commune with him and allow yourself, open yourself up to his love and his grace so that you know that, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter if I sound, if I'm mumbling and rambling and sound like I'm having a stroke and no one understands the words that I'm saying, you know, there's grace, there's do-overs, there's forgiveness. If I'm feeling fearful, like I can't do it, then you think, you know what? It's, we're loved not because of, of what we do or our performance or our achievements. It's not, you know, okay, so people you pray for, their prayers aren't answered. You know, it's, it's not about that. It's about being with the other person, being his tangible presence. And so we don't have to worry about of whether their prayers, you know, get answered or not. It's just we just need to be the bridge. And know that our value is found in being who we are, not what we do. It's, it's found in, in being loved and experiencing his love and loving them. And so prayer begins with our extraordinarily close and loving and trusting relationship with Jesus and, and being secure in that connection, which will lead us to courageously and compassionately pray for others. And there are so many ways to pray for one another. As you know, you probably have... Um, thousands of books about prayer but one simple way I thought we could do it is just to simply sit next to or across from the person and don't worry I'm not going to ask you to do that today <laughs> that'll be next week no I'm just kidding come next week I'm just kidding um but just as an example um you know you could sit across from the person and, you know, they might have already been sharing, like, oh, my, this week is da 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 or, you know, and so just listen to them. Just listen with empathy and love. This is not a time to give advice. It's not a time to tell them about your story. Just listen. And you can ask questions, you know, to try and clarify things or get a deeper understanding of what they're going through. But just listen. And then tell them after they've shared, be like, okay, you know what? let's pray. I think it's time to pray, but I'm going to leave it silent for a while. You know, don't freak out. <laughs> I'm planning on doing this. This is intentional. And just say, you know, we just, let's listen, just be in the presence of the Spirit, and let's just listen to Him. And then there'll be some time of silence. And then at that, this time, you know, we just want to be sensitive and hear the words, because God has so many wonderful words of encouragement and love that he wants to pour out on us. And so we can just listen. Listen to what maybe the, the words from the Spirit that he has for us, that he wants us to share with this person. And then we could just be sensitive to the Spirit. Try and discern, right? We talked about discerning God's voice. Try and discern God's voice. And then we can just pray for the person. And to help us understand, <laughs> I've asked Debbie Wong to share uh, to share her journey and her story. Um, some of you, I don't know if you know, but a couple of years ago, we where we started talking about having a prayer ministry and forming a prayer teams, and it'd be great because you know 
Potts was like, oh, um, you know, we need more prayer. And that's why he felt the Lord was teaching him. And, and so I'm so excited because Debbie Wong and Lin Yun and Elaine Jimeno are kind of like the leadership of this new prayer ministry that we are trying to, you know, we're forming and we're excited about that. And so I've asked Debbie <laughs> sorry, to come forward to share um, her journey. Thank you. Okay, don't worry, Lynn's going to be my timekeeper. Um, but yeah, my, um, anyway, thank you, Lori. That was really tackling a very difficult subject, but that was wonderful, very powerful. So I just wanted to just share a little bit about my process um, and praying for others. And I would say that my attitude is changing. And with Lori um, asking me to be part of the prayer team a while back, I thought, I can barely pray for myself. How could I even consider praying for others? But along with our um, prayer team, you know, the three of us are kind of the core, but definitely really the core is also Carol and Phoebe and Lorraine. And you should know that Kelvin and Ann and Larry have been very supportive and are, are praying too. And today we have Joy here from Anaheim, and our pastors have lovingly um, set up training for us. So Joy has headed that up with some other, other people, so we are just, we're doing it together. And I think my main point is that, as Lori pointed out, I feel so, um, like, unqualified, you know, my, half the time my mind is blank. Um, so I just thought maybe it's better not to pray for others because you might, you know, ruin it or you might, um, it might, might be a good outcome. But definitely with a prayer team, I mean, all of us together, we all have that same mindset. Who are we? We don't want to be the experts. How can we be the experts? But in, um, in a period of time, we have learned together, practiced, experienced, and I can say that we're starting to kind of... Um, get ourselves out of the way and trying to really focus on what the Lord has for ourselves, but really for other people. Um, and it, I don't mean to sound, you know, mystical or kind of crazy, but just in our group, we've experienced um, people having different words and pictures, affirmations for others. Sometimes um, one of our gals gets hymns and scriptures. and so It's just a general sense of thing. So I like to call it a spiritual download. It's something that we, you know, we are in the pro we're all in the process of cultivating, creating, but just a sense, a nudge from the Holy Spirit. And really the whole purpose of praying for others is to encourage them and give them a glimpse of not what we have for them, but what God has for them. So it is always very encouraging. And can you imagine a person, they don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from, you know, how amazing to say that, that, um, that the person would feel, wow, that God is thinking about me in this way. So it's, it kind of goes against our natural grain of feeling responsible and having all the answers. Um, let's see. Um, I do want to stress, though, that as our prayer team, go, you know, is uh, practicing um, and come to us for practice, and we, we, we definitely feel that this is a church right. All of us, all Christian brothers and sisters, this is what we are called to do. You know, it's not just a select few. 
um, they say that earnestly seek spiritual gifts, even especially the one to prophesy. And the reason is to build up the body, to build up others, to give them a gl glimpse of God. So as your, as, as your prayer team, we will be learning together, all of us, and we definitely want to see it as that we all can experience and, and practice this. Uh, Lori said the crux of many of our, um, just our, our nudges from the Holy Spirit and how we can help others is definitely through our communion from God. And I just, in just this whole process, I just wanted to share a couple of challenges. I think that, of course, the intimacy with God is key. And then when you think about praying for others, I think for me, my challenge has been reliance on myself versus reliance on God. And for, you know, I just turned well, 66, so I'm getting my Social Security, but for decades, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like senior, but, um, but I've been a clinical social worker for decades, so I have use my counseling skills myself on just partnering with people to solve their many, many life's problems. And I've always felt a responsibility. Some of my childhood upbringing, my background, I have been extremely independent and had to rely on myself emotionally, financially, and I think that became a big wedge in my attitude towards I had to pull myself up or be independent so I don't need anybody else, let alone God. So for me, that's a... Definitely a big challenge of seeking where that spot is for intimacy. Um, but what we're learning and what I'm learning is that it's not about me. It's really when I'm praying for somebody or practicing to pray for somebody, it is me just being quiet and trying to sense from, from what God has for that person. And I have experienced that because sometimes things pop in your mind that, where did that come from? Or that doesn't really quite fit what I normally would think. So my encouragement is that we don't know if it's from us or from God or a combination, but we can kind of test it out and we can speak it to the person and they'll let us know. You can just say, you know, you know, does that resonate with you? It might not be then, but maybe later on. So I think it's just that, that courage. Lynn, how am I doing time? Okay. <laughs> So I am trying to let go of doing it right and always having the best outcome, you know, a healing, someone feeling better, and choosing really to partner with God to seek the Father's heart for what he has for all of us. Um, Lori's favorite, Henry Nowen, one of our authors, um, he has a great saying. He says, um, he's just a spiritual mentor extraordinaire, but he says, you have to accept no matter where you are in your prayer life, You'll never be anything other than a beginner. So I think that's for me and for all of us. We just keep moving forward. And for the prayer team, and I hope for us as a church body, that we will instead we'll let go of our fear and anxiety and feeling um, embarrassed and go out of that comfort zone and choose you know, really encouraging others and bringing the Father's heart and his thoughts over the person. Um, one thing that helped me is that um, Michael Ono said this in one of his teachings. Where is it now? Um, um, just that in Psalm 139, you know, we, we just wonder how vast are the thoughts that God has for us. You know, they're like, um, they're like the sand. So when you think a handful of sand, 
God, we're not trying to pull down, you know, the perfect thought from God for that person. God has a multitude of thoughts for all of us. So it's kind of easy, you know. You just kind of dwell and see what was God's message for that person today. So, okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you, Debbie. That was so good. I hope that, I mean, I feel like she just brought... She could have just done this, like, I didn't have to be here. <laughs> you know, the, she just shared from her heart, and so thank you, and such good advice. Okay, so to close, we are, I want to provide space for us to practice prayer for one another, but it'll be quietly in your own heart. Um, you know, because like Debbie said, God has so, he just wants us so much to feel loved, to know that we're loved, to know our value, to know that, that we are loved by him. And, and so he's so many wonderful things that he, yeah, as Debbie said, that he wants for us. And so, um, for some of you of praying for others is new, you can, you can practice this exercise at home. Um, you can pray for a person and then, uh, you know, you could take another baby step and then maybe like pray for them in the same room but they don't know you're praying for them and then maybe like in a little while you can like hey can I pray for you and then you can pray together out loud for you know it'll be a blessing more heaven on earth okay um so if you maybe we can turn the lights out now turn the lights on. but um if you can just kind of get comfortable in your seat take a deep breath we're going to spend some time in um, praying for others in the, quietly in our hearts. So we'll um, continue in God's presence. And in the presence of love, remember there's no judgment and no criticism. And in his presence, we're loved, we're safe, we're accepted for who we are. And in this quiet space, may we be attentive to the Holy Spirit. And in this space, does, does a person come to mind? Um, picture yourself being the bridge. And if a person has come to your mind, bring, if you can imagine yourself bringing this person to Jesus. 
And does the spirit have any words of encouragement or any affirmation about this person that you're bringing to Jesus? Ask him for any, any words of love or any sense of, of love and affirmation for this person. You've brought this person to Jesus. Maybe you've sensed his love for them. And now imagine yourself leaving this person with him. And tell Jesus that your intent is just to leave this person in his care that you are trusting this person with him rather than looking after them on your own. He's got this. He's got them. We pray all these things in the name of love. Amen. So as you go throughout your day, you know, return to the comfort that the person that you prayed for is with Jesus, that he loves them, that he's taking care of them way more than we ever could. And I encourage you to let this person know that if someone came to your mind, you know, you can shoot them a text and be like, hey, you know what, we did this crazy thing in church today. And, and you came to mind, and just text them saying, I prayed for you. And if you sense, you know, words of love or affirmation from the Spirit, you know, then I encourage you to share that too. And you can just tell them, you know, I don't know if this is from God. We've been learning how to discern God's voice, but I feel like I'm not sure you can tell me. I've been practicing, but, you know, I sensed, and then you can tell them. You know, people have told me, like, I sense that God loves you more than you know. I've sensed that God wants you to know that he's present with you or that you are not alone or you don't have to do everything. So whatever, you know, I encourage you, you know, to, to just share that with them because this is how, right, we experience heaven together. And this week, you can practice praying this for one another using this imagery, you know, wherever you are. Because we all need more love. The Spirit is actively redeeming you. He's actively, actively redeeming me. He's actively redeeming our world. And so may the Spirit give us love and courage, the love and courage we need to be the bridges that connect our world with our Heavenly Father. 
And may we be able to leave our world in his care and trust him, just as Jesus did with us.